Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport Magazine and Autosport.com, I'm Stuart Codling and this is the Autosport Podcast. Abu Dhabi Grand Prix qualifying. You might think the normal order of business is Max Verstappen qualifying on pole position. Actually, Max Verstappen's qualifying on pole position here in Abu Dhabi was not what was expected at all. Certainly not Dr. Helmut Marco from Red Bull Racing, who bet, allegedly, uh, team principal Christian Horner 500 euros that Max would not even be on the front row for this weekend's Grand Prix. Uh, joining me to unpick a slightly unusual uh, in detail qualifying session is Alex Kalinorkas from Autosport magazine and so I suppose the first question we have to ask is how did Red Bull go from being seemingly off the pace Max Verstappen all over the place through the very few moments of practice he had uh, before the qualifying session to pretty much dominating the race for pole. Yes I think if you go back to FP1 coders obviously Max Verstappen not even in the car so yeah, it's been one of uh, one of those weird weekends. Red Bull opting to use both of their uh, rookie, you know, put, put two rookie drivers in the car for FB one to f- fulfil that uh, that rules requirement. But yeah, it's just been an odd weekend because uh, once again, you know, we had disrupted uh, FP two session. FP three is not representative. All the usual Abu Dhabi things. Uh, and but 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 basically, I think Red Bull just sort of. Even though this looks like a, a, a normal result, a straightforward thing for them, I think you could you could hear from the sense of what uh, the team was telling Verstappen over the team radio, the, the jokes that Christian Horner was having, but also listening to Max in the press conference, this wasn't a given. It sort of he very much felt like we were we, we made all these changes, but we didn't know whether they were going to come off, and we sort of felt a little bit lucky that actually, hang on a minute, the car's been all over the place in FP3, come Q1, head out on the track, it feels 
absolutely wonderful again i think there's um there's a there's a fair bit to dig into there like um there are lots of changes uh that red bull made to that in terms of improving car balance obviously verstappen was uh played his cars wonderfully close to his chest about exactly what those changes were um but in terms of w- what he wanted to fix was he found that the car was uh, understeering in certain places and oversteering in others in practice and he basically said that he reversed that for qualifying so he's much happier the car sort of moving about more on the edge where he uh, prefers it and also the, the small areas where he doesn't like it it was happening in places that didn't matter so much for him i think the other big thing to remember uh, about what's what we've what we've seen today is that this track tests tires like it really is all about not overheating them uh, come the end of the lap and what is the rb19 very good at being kind on its tires so it's absolutely no shock to me to see hang on a minute the car that's that's good that that, that can keep the rubber alive uh gets proposition it's almost doubly rewarded uh, in the fact that the rest of the cars which can be more competitive in qualifying struggling the race especially when it comes to keeping the tire temperatures down seem to really struggle particularly in the final corner so yeah um sort of unexpected but not unexpected but definitely um a fine performance from max Verstappen. and we saw once again i think i, I was listening to uh the uh the fom uh, uh formula one tv commentary alex jakes and uh, uh and jolian palmer david coulthard sergio perez not started from the front row or in the top four i think it might even be since the belgian grand prix before the summer break and once again absolutely nowhere ends up uh, well down the order in q3 because of a track limits violation but i think that just serves to highlight once again what a good job verstappen did perez briefly showed up as p5 when he put in his final qualifying lap only to have it uh, deleted for that egregious track limits violation at turn one and yeah this this track really does date from that period of the herman tilka school of architecture where he thought that the way to promote unpredictability in racing was to stack a circuit with off-camber corners and I think history's proved that when you do that all you do is promote sliding and overheating of tyres and uh, really uh, ruining the spectacle in many ways so uh, I think Max in this post-qualifying press conference said one way to improve uh, this circuit would be to basically resurface it and get rid of the stupid off-camber corners. Now Max didn't execute 100% perfectly in uh, Q3 uh, in that he didn't actually go quicker in his final run and we all thought he probably was going to and certainly the members of the Fleet Street posse on the row in front who'd been chantering and harumphing ever since he uh, stuck it in P1 uh, in his first run were going oh he's going to do it again so what, what went wrong for him in that second run? Uh, yeah it was interesting I asked Max about that in the press conference and he was like well hang on a minute it, it was still a good lap uh, and to be fair to him the Times absolutely backed that up he was only just over a tenth of a second off improving but yeah I mean consider the track evolution factor here is also quite big you know we saw big gains particularly in Q1 and then going through the uh, the, the three segments so yeah somewhat of a shock to not see Verstappen go quickly but uh, uh, we're going to come to later on he had two sets of new softs whereas everybody else made massive gains because they started off on on used softs further down the order and he just felt that come the second sector he just got things a little bit wrong and the tire temperatures were spiking a bit too much a bit too early that led to uh, a lot of small front locks and that's the therefore you get extra sliding on the way in because you're a bit offline extra sliding on the way out because it's not where you ideally want to be and that's really what what kills the tires here so yeah uh, not not a massively you know error strewn lap or anything like that just got it ever so slightly wrong things were out the window and yeah as he says still a good lap only one tenth down Charles Leclerc Fast through 
practice. Uh, we will come to Carlos Sainz in a moment, uh, his teammate, who's had a pretty miserable weekend. Um, Charles, you would maybe have anticipated might be on pole position uh, based on form earlier in the weekend, but then through qualifying just didn't seem to work and certainly his first run in Q3 looked very disappointing uh, about half a second slower than well he could have certainly could have done and he sounded very downbeat said that felt like a good lap uh, and when he said that I looked over at the timing screen and thought well I mean, <laughs> the the timing says no so how did he turn that around and from being over a second off uh, the the pace after the first runs in Q3 only a tenth off uh, pole come the end of Q3 in second place. So how did he pull that one out of the bag? So again, the main thing here is what I was just saying about the fact that only Verstappen was the uh, the first driver to run in Q3 on new softs. And he did that because he'd got through Q2, uh, just the one run uh, on new softs, sat in the garage for the rest of it, let the others go out and have to have to burn out extra rubber to get through. And actually, uh, there was a moment right at the very start, early on in, in, in Q1, where all the cars had gone out, done you know, one flying lap straight back in the pits. Everybody says three laps on the board, and I, I, it sort of, it sort of, it sort of stung me in a moment because I was just, I just got so used to Las Vegas last weekend and them doing lap after lap after lap, and it suddenly was like a whole different way of of watching qualifying. Actually, this is very much the normal uh, with the Pirellis, particularly on you know sort of a, a hot weather, demanding, high energy track as as this one is. So yeah, um, for, for Leclerc, a lot of that, a lot of that. I mean, a massive gain basically of a second was down to new tires, but. It's not necessarily just that the, uh, the 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 new rubber provided a freshness, which was a big factor. Leclerc said that like the car's quite peaky, so it's very sensitive to different things, like for example, new tires, uh, used tires, things like that. Um, it just said it's an example of what we've struggled with uh, over the course of the season. We, we're just not consistent. But equally, you know, he he obviously benefited from that so it was a combination uh, of the two things uh, and yeah just said it, it, the, the car reacted really well to the new tyre um, but he still come the last corner he was sliding a lot and he said that you know that's that was a bit of a problem there I don't think he felt like he blew pole position but he definitely felt it was a little bit of a wow there was not much else I could do and let's face it it's not uncommon like cars are regularly going to go sideways at that corner uh, when the rubber's uh, giving up but actually it's really interesting. We're going to come and talk on about the race later, Codders. But Leclerc said in the press conference, he's hoping that's not an omen for the race. The fact that, uh, you know, the fact he was so far off it, like looked well out of contention on the used tyres, even compared to the McLarens, the Mercedes cars, etc., etc. Uh, he said, I hope that's not an omen for the race that come a few laps on a used tyre, I'm nowhere. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. But, uh, but yeah, still, nevertheless, I thought that was absolutely terrific from Leclerc. And it's... Again, something he, he hinted at in the press conference that the changes the Ferrari have made to the floor, it's like I've had to, you know, uh, he, he said it was, uh, you know, a season of two halves, that classic cliche, obviously Japan much later than halfway through the season. But what he was getting at was that now the car's finally letting me do what I want to do with it. And it's interesting that ever since then, that amazing run Carlos Sainz was on post-summer break was ended pretty much with Leclerc suddenly seemingly being back to normal and again he's, he's shone in qualifying so yeah a fantastic lap from Leclerc and just he's happy with how the Ferrari feels at certain times he needs it for 2024 to be you know feeling happy all the time. Now for a few moments we saw a McLaren in P2 um, in for, for the past few seasons 
Uh, at least it, it certainly wasn't the McLaren you would have expected to see in P2 uh, based on the form of the past few seasons where Lando Norris has been in the ascendant. This season, um, Oscar Piastri has been a proper star and there he was, P2 for a bit, P3 once Charles popped his uh, quick lap in. And so wh- how, how do we unpick the performance of the two McLarens through this session? Oscar obviously ended up P3, um, Lando slightly further down based on a mistake. Uh, it, is, is it the case that Oscar just strung together a better lap? Do you think Lando was maybe uh, asking a little bit too much of the car? Was he overdriving a little bit? Well, I think if you listen to Lando Norris and the quotes he's being given to our uh, colleagues in the, in, the, in, the, in the written media mix zone after qualifying, it's all down to Lando Norris. I think he's been, um, he's, he's basically just, just saying, I've, I've, I've messed it up. I've been too, I, think, I think the exact words are, two shit on Saturdays this year. Um, and, and the follow-up question was, Lando, are you being too hard on yourself? And he said, no, I'm not being hard enough that he's just, he's not reacting to whatever's happening. Like, for example, I think he's still kicking himself about Qatar, where he felt he could have had two pole positions, maybe even two victories uh, on that sprint weekend. So yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming quite the trend for Norris, who's still so utterly rapid. But yeah, there are these, these errors that, that creep in. Now, this isn't necessarily McLaren's best track. It's not like a Silverstone. It's not like Suzuka. There are slow corners here and they do struggle here. So, you know, it's 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 got to have that element of... The, the driver's got to do something that the car doesn't particularly like to make the difference and you know we saw we saw that that error through turn 13 the big uh, you know the left-hander that goes under that enormous some would say rather rather ostentatious hotel that's uh, that straddles the, the track and changes its lights every five seconds um it was a massive sideways moment i had uh, noise cancelling headphones in and the the noise that i made i uh, i do apologize if that disturbed any of our colleagues in the media center because it was truly spectacular i thought that mclaren was uh, was utterly gone but yeah it, it cost Norris uh, nearly four, well, about four tenths in one stroke, and he fell from potentially being second uh, down to fifth. So very, very costly, and something that he's obviously going to reflect on. And maybe that's the focus. You know, for, for, for drivers often do this: think about things that they want to improve in the off season. Thinking about Lewis Hamilton, uh, 2019 into 2020, he was like, "Hang on a minute, 2019, I wasn't good enough in qualifying. It made my job harder. Come the Sundays, come the race days in 2020, absolutely brilliant in qualifying. So the best drivers really can turn those trends around. So yeah, that'll be something for for, for Lando Norris to focus on. But Oscar Piastri, again, I mean, he, he in a very sort of calm, untroubled way, he looks like a superstar. Like he just he can he can just do it. And it's interesting uh, hearing McLaren uh, talk a bit over this weekend, particularly Zach Brown. I spoke to Andreas Stella in Las Vegas as well, and they're basically they're saying that look, you know, Oscar often he he has a sort of slow burn effect. Like he he doesn't look very good in Friday practice, but come the session that matters qualifying and then obviously into the race he's right up there that's just how he developed through through a weekend um and yeah he felt that actually yesterday uh, mclaren was struggling on the cambered corners that you spoke about codders uh, also particularly the turns uh, six and seven chicane that splits the two well the, the main bat straight and then the one that's curved a little bit uh, that he felt the team had fixed that overnight with its efforts uh, but come the final lap although he was obviously didn't have the big massive error of lando um it still wasn't error free he just put it down to trying a little bit too hard and that he still felt there's a little bit of time on the table, but nevertheless, third place. That's a, that's a really really good result. And you know we're going to come and come on to talk about the race tomorrow. But if Ferrari does have its usual weakness or its historical weakness on tyre wear, 
Piastri's got to be hopeful he could could potentially have a big result. So that's your top three. Uh, Let's have a look a little bit further down the order. George Russell, fourth place for Mercedes. Lando Norris in fifth in the second McLaren. Sixth, Yuki Tsunoda. Bit of a stealth, good performance there uh, from the Japanese driver. Fernando Alonso, seventh. Um, I'd I'd say his best performance in Q3 was nipping out uh, ahead of Max Verstappen into the tiniest gap in traffic at the pit lane exit. He's clearly been taking lessons from the local drivers in terms of inserting cars into tiny gaps. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, also really good performance, eighth for Haas. And isn't it great in many ways to see a, a, Formula, a Formula One uh, top 10 uh, qualifying positions populated by so many different cars. Uh, As mentioned earlier, Sergio Perez in ninth, having had his fastest lap in Q3 deleted and uh, uh, ghastly business for Pierre Gasly as he was uh, slowest in the top 10 shootout, uh, 10th place for Alpine. Uh, Also a little bit of a shocker for Lewis Hamilton, 11th place, knocked out in Q2. Esteban Ocon in the second Alpine in 12th. Lance Stroll, his customary few tenths behind Fernando Alonso, 13th for the second Aston Martin. Alex Albon, um, also kind of a a typical performance for Williams there in that um, uh, they have a slightly different run plan in qualifying. So very often they place higher up the leaderboard than you might think and then get knocked down. So 14th for Alex Albon, 15th for Daniel Ricciardo in the second Alfa Tori, and then the... Uh, the exitees from Q1, uh, a shocking exit for Carlos Sainz, uh, struggled, held up in traffic there, he thought. Kevin Magnussen got uh, his kid to slam his helmet shut for him, uh, unfortunately, out in Q1, 17th place for the second Haas. Valtteri Bottas, uh, also a little bit disappointing there. Uh, 18th for him and uh, 19th for Joe Guan Yu. So the Alphas together in 18th and 19th. And then Logan Sargent, uh, last on the grid as we speak, having failed to set a time. Um, he did actually set a time, but had it immediately taken off him because he went over track limits uh, at turn one on his only flying lap. So disappointing for him and an early bath uh, for Logan Sargent. So uh, what can we expect from the race tomorrow, Alex? I mean, is, is it going to be that kind of typical Yas Marina long processional slog where everyone obsesses about track position? And I suppose mainly you know, the, the key intrigue is going to be between Ferrari and Mercedes, isn't it? And I think one person asked the question in the press conference about uh, whether... Uh, Charles Leclerc specifically would be looking at what Max was doing or whether he'd be looking at what the Mercedes were doing and um, uh, clearly he clearly doesn't have a long memory for Ferrari at Abu Dhabi form because if we go back sort of 13 years to the disaster when Ferrari were looking at what Mark Webber was doing in the 2010 season finale it's a kind of binned um, Fernando Alonso's championship hopes and that was a strange sort of almost Will Buxton-esque question that turned into an essay it's time for me to stop talking and for you to pundit Alex I don't know I think I do pretty good on the essay answers uh, anyway got it but um, which is very quick a little bit of live corrections corner if I may uh, Sergeant did have he had two runs and uh, lost them both to track limits so uh, that was not very good for him particularly on a weekend which is basically the deadline for the team deciding who's in carry on in 2024 but anyway yeah um, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting um, the race tomorrow I mean I 
I'm not hopeful. I'm really not hopeful uh, of a good race because let's face it, what causes the issues for the drivers in qualifying here is anathema to good racing, you know, come 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 the Sundays. It's basically thermal degradation. Like if they can't keep the tire temperatures under control, they can't massively push on without having to make uh, loads of pit stops and we've come from a race in Las Vegas where that wasn't happening and it was a thriller for various reasons but that was a big part of it and actually the talk leaving Las Vegas which is a cultural thing I don't know what it is but yeah you're nodding uh, very well done me anyway um yeah basically um yeah the the talk was that Pirelli in the future and obviously you know it's only got a few years left or or, you know it's a new deal for Pirelli but a few years uh, uh, added on um is that basically they're going to think about doing what happened in Vegas, making that commonplace, which is that the tyres will be harder to warm up, but the drivers will be able to to push on. And if that happens tomorrow, if that were to happen tomorrow, it would make it a different race because it wouldn't be a tyre management affair. But what you would have is you'd run the risk of it going back to the early 2000s, the drivers just pushing flat out, and therefore it all comes down to the error and they can't overtake. So it's not necessarily a straightforward, every race would suddenly be like uh, Las Vegas. And tomorrow certainly won't be. I think it will be a tyre management affair. I think Max Verstappen should absolutely walk it from pole position I think he should win by back to his you know 20 20 odd seconds ahead of, uh, of his nearest rival but um, things do happen in this race we saw it very famously two years ago here what could that possibly be referring to I know you were out watching trackside at what was it Latifi's Folly the uh, turn 14 uh, uh, corner there which actually we can see from our our desks in the media centre uh, every time the, the, the cars are on track but uh yeah, actually, just just to finish on Ferrari, because you're right, I think that the battle between Ferrari and Mercedes, only four points uh, separating them going into the race, both Carlos Sainz out of position, well down the order out in Q1, and Lewis Hamilton out in Q2, they're going to be on recovery drives. Will, will they be able to overtake at this, uh, this track that doesn't have a good reputation for that? But that's going to be the main focus once uh, uh, Max Verstappen has disappeared. Um, the thing is, is that, yes, I've talked about Ferrari having a historical weakness on tyres, Ferrari have a a bad history of uh, getting what they want here at this track. But don't forget, last year, Charles Leclerc surprised everyone by finishing second, beating Sergio Perez in the championship. And that was on, you know, it was on a a tough strategy where he had to make the tyres last. He he wasn't, we weren't sure he was going to make it to the end. And he did. So, you know, there's not, it's not necessarily a given that Ferrari are going to capitulate. The trouble is, is that none of the teams have any data from the 2023 tyres and 2023 cars doing long runs because of FP2 being so disrupted. So it could be all shaken up by that. It could all be exactly as we expect it. But I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm fairly sure it's going to be an awful race, but I'm not too, you know, da- doom and gloom in just assuming that Ferrari are going to c- completely capitulate and it will be easy for Mercedes uh, to get that second place in the constructors. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully in my own essay there, Codders, I've answered your question. Fabulous. Well, Thanks, Alex. Uh, that's it from us for tonight. Perhaps you're tomorrow morning uh, when, once we've edited this together and published it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another Autosport podcast where we'll be attempting to make the subject of tyre degradation as thrilling as possible. So, yeah, it is go, 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 in the words of the late Murray Walker, for the final Grand Prix of the year here at Yas Marina Circuit, Abu Dhabi. Podcast Network.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.